last one standing wins. <laughs> Professional Podcast. Drinking from Human Skulls. A professional podcast. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Drinking from Human Skulls. My name is Doni, and guess what? Good news! COVID's over, according to the CDC, and by the way they're turning on a dime, you might even guess that it never was. Of course, that might be a little salacious to say, I don't think this is a fake virus. And certainly, as we speak, there are interesting, shall we say, illuminations coming to light about the origins of the virus. We're going to get into that in a dedicated episode, but today we're going to talk about the New CDC revelations, which are based on the science, those who are vaccinated simply don't need to wear a mask anymore. Fantastic. If you live in the United States, not so fantastic. If you live in Canada, they're apparently not following the science or they're following different science or more likely nobody knows what they're doing. Now, I think in the States... You know, we have these American pharmaceutical companies, namely Pfizer, namely Moderna, namely Johnson & Johnson. And they want to prove that the vaccines are doing their job. And so thus, they built the fear. They created a world where you have to get the vaccine. It's our only way to survive, etc., etc. And now, lo and behold, we have all the key players chiming in and saying... Cases are down, and it's all due to the vaccine. Of course, the vaccine has saved us, and therefore, we are opening up again because people, of course, are resisting this notion that you have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. The logic of you still have to wear a mask even if the vaccine is protecting you doesn't make any sense. So rightly, people push back against it. And if you recall... Prior to this most recent announcement, which we'll cover in just a moment, the CDC announced that you still had to wear a mask inside if you've been vaccinated. And they said, well, the science isn't there yet. Something we covered in this podcast a few episodes back. And obviously they changed their tune, I think, because pharma had something to say and they were getting roasted in the media. Even CNN's key players like Sanjay Gupta, absolutely a vaccine evangelist. He even roasted them and said, well, look, we've known that you don't need to wear a mask outside for any reason, vaccinated or not outdoors. So I don't know why the CDC is saying this. Another congressperson, I believe, came out. I can't remember who, but somebody came out and also roasted the CDC, saying that they used to place faith in this organization and they were losing that faith. So I think the CDC and pharma and different clandestine players have got together and said, listen, we got to change this tune and we got to say, basically, open the doors, release the restrictions, because if we don't do that, then it's just another piece of proof that this vaccine doesn't do anything. And by the way, maybe it doesn't do anything. And that's something we'll talk about near the end of this episode. But first, let's look at the revised CDC guidance as discussed in a PBS broadcast interviewing Rachel Wadabukowski. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Let me just check my notes. Yeah, it's Rachel Wadabukowski, and she is the head of the CDC, um, and she's clearly just the number one best scientist tied, I think, with Dr. Fauci for top spot, in my heart at least. Anyway, take a big drink of this. Let's see what they have to say. Hard-hitting coverage. President Biden marked the milestone. He asked Americans to be tolerant of different attitudes as public behavior changes. Be patient with one another. You know, some may say, just feel more comfortable continuing to wear a mask. They may feel that way. So if you're someone with a mask, you see them, please treat them with kindness and respect. If you're fully vaccinated, and can take your mask off, you've earned the right to do something that Americans are known for all around the world. 
greeting others with a smile. Folks, I have to just report in and let you know that Joe Biden's little speech there, actually, I'm going to have to visit a doctor because I think my eyebrows jumped right off my head. They raised up so high from what he said. Just so many little details that are alarming, but this is what you voted for. Is it better than Trump? I don't know. I really don't know. I have to say I'm not so sure. It's so weird because they were drumming up this whole hysteria to basically shame and virtue signal against those who aren't wearing a mask. And now Joe Biden's saying, hey, you know, be nice to those people who are still wearing masks, who I guess theoretically the assumption is they don't want to get a vaccine. And so they'd be wearing a mask. What planet are you on, dude? Are you kidding me? People who don't want to get the vaccine for sure also don't want to wear masks. They're just not into being told what to do. Kind of like me. I hate wearing the mask. I still wear it. In Canada, people wear it on the street outside. Not me, but I wear it indoors when I'm forced to. But as soon as they say, if you've been vaccinated, you can take off the mask, I am going to ritualistically burn every mask in my house. I don't care what my wife says. They're all going to be burned individually. I might even roast some marshmallows off of them. I don't know. I'm going to become a pyromaniac just to burn these masks because that's how much I hate them. I hate not being able to see people's faces and I hate not being able to growl at people who are pissing me off. You know, show my teeth, bare them like a wolverine. Anyhow, Joe Biden finishes by saying that Americans will be able to get back to doing something that they're well known for around the world, which is greeting others with a smile. Now, that is a comical statement by itself. I didn't know that Americans were renowned for that. However, please, I beg you to visit drinkingfromhumanskulls.com. Check out the video of Joe Biden smiling after he says this. It's as if He's never smiled genuinely in his entire life. It's as if he's physically incapable of smiling and they installed a little button on the side of his leg what makes his cheeks twitch. This smile is something else. If this guy is not a reanimated corpse come back to life, like Alex Jones proclaimed it to be, then I don't even know what's real. And you know what? The frogs are turning gay as far as I'm concerned, because if you see this smile, you're going to think the frogs are gay. Alex Jones is the truth. And Donald Trump was our Lord and Savior. That's how bad this guy is. And I haven't even begun roasting him in this podcast because there's just too much other stuff to cover. But let it be known, his roasts are a coming. Anyhow, now they get to the interview with Rachel Wojciechowski. So let's listen to that, shall we? CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky greenlit the new guidance today, and she joins me now. Dr. Walensky, welcome back to the NewsHour. So this is a big change. What is the new information that led to this, and how do you know it's right? Good evening, Judy. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, there are several things that were all happening at exactly the same time, which I think really motivated us to move forward. The first is, over the last two weeks, our case rates in this country have come down by about a third, um, likely very much due to the scale-up of vaccinations that we've been able to do. Oh, ding, ding, ding. It's the vaccines. They work. They're wonderful. They saved us. And by the way, if you want to check into the additional studies, the science that influence her decision, you'll see that there is no indication that the vaccines provide any link here whatsoever. The cases went down and that's about it. You know, these viruses, these coronaviruses have about a year and a half long lifespan. So this is about the time we'd expect cases to go down anyways. And according to many sources, about a third of the population has already had it. And if you look into it, the CDC themselves has said that for every one person they've documented as having coronavirus, there's two or three others who they suspect have had it and don't know. In fact, the CDC has estimated that until March 2021, from February 2020, there have been 135 million cases of COVID in the United States based on their estimates. That's almost half the population. 
certainly over a third. And what do we need for herd immunity, I wonder? Well, many experts have said that we need 60 to 70 percent of the population, so not that far off. And probably by now, they've reached that without the vaccine being administered to anybody. Of course, there is a little caveat that, of course, there's a caveat of have they been pumping up these numbers with these ultra-sensitive PCR tests? I think there's an element of that as well. So no matter how you look at it, the numbers could be fake. Their expert analysis could be fake. Their guidances could be misguided. And this is what we're left with. Let's continue listening to this. Rochelle Wolobolinsky. <sighs> Second is that, um, you know, we have new science now that basically shows that the vaccine is working, its effectiveness in real world settings outside of the trial, outside of our trials, um, has demonstrated that it works just as well as it did in the trials, that these um, vaccines are working against variants, and that if you are vaccinated, you're very unlikely to be able to get asymptomatic disease and therefore transmit to other people. Let's be clear that correlation does not equal causation. That's something you learn in first-year science class in university. Just because the cases are going down and they've been administering the vaccine doesn't mean that it's because of the vaccine. There is no link. If you look at the studies, and by the way, I'll link to them on drinkingfromhumanskulls.com. Go check it out. But if you look at the studies, there is no correlation, direct correlation, between vaccines being administered and cases going down. There's other funny stuff going on, like, for example, the CDC has recommended that you reduce the threshold for your PCR tests for vaccinated people only. I guess they want to make sure that people who have been vaccinated don't get accidentally picked up as a positive COVID test. All these revised guidelines, by the way, are based on four studies, two of which were published in April and two of them in May. And quite frankly, nothing has changed with our understanding of this virus. They really could have released this update to their guidance months ago. And perhaps the entire mask thing has been a sham from the very beginning. So the science really all sort of coalesced at the same time. And then finally, we're at a place in this country right now where everyone is eligible to get a vaccine if you're over the age of 12. Um, and it's available. We fortunately have supply right now that it's available to everyone who is eligible. You can text 438-829 and put in your zip code. And when you do that, you will see five vaccination sites near you that um, you can get a vaccine. So it, just to be clear, uh, people who've been fully vaccinated can now go, what, to the grocery store, uh, to restaurants, bars, to a friend's birthday party without wearing a mask? We believe that based on the science and the data that we have at our um, access to, that fully vaccinated people will be safe in doing those activities. Now, what I want to say is that we still are um, deferring to the local jurisdictions to make local policies. So, for example, um, we do suggest that local jurisdictions look at their own vaccination rates, look at the own case rates in their area, because the country is not uniform with regard to both cases and vaccine scale-up, and to make some of those policies locally, but for, the data have now demonstrated to us that it's safe for vaccinated people to take off their masks. So people do need to pay attention to their local guidance as well as what they're hearing from the CDC. And what about in terms of where still people should be careful, public transportation, and you're saying big crowds indoors, and but everywhere outdoors is okay. Yeah, we're really, uh, you know, this was the the move today was really to talk about individuals and what individuals are safe doing. The hard work that we have ahead of us at CDC is to now take our guidance in each individual setting and apply the guidance that we released today to each of these individual settings. What does this mean for transport and for our travel corridors? What does this mean for schools? What does this mean for child care centers? Um, what does this mean for many other settings? And so that's the hard work that we have ahead of us. Dr. Walensky, I'm sure you know people are still going to be concerned. They're going to say, okay, uh, I may be able to go out uh, without a mask. I've been fully vaccinated. But there may be others without a mask who have not been vaccinated. And what is my risk from them uh, in this new world, this new set of guidelines? Oh, uh, I'll answer that for you. Um, your risk is zero. If you believe the vaccine works then you're protected. 
Well, they've said it's 95% effective and you bought that hook, line, and sinker, so your risk is nothing. You have no risk. But let's see what Rochelle Lewinsky says. So if you are fully vaccinated, the risk is extraordinarily low. And that was why, um, based on the studies that we have, um, we, that have been published and that we have seen, the risk to the vaccinated person is extraordinarily low. I want to emphasize that if unvaccinated people choose to take off their mask and they have not been vaccinated, then the risk to them is still the same as it was before. So we really want to um, empower people to take these uh, this responsibility into their own hands. If you are unvaccinated, please get vaccinated to decrease that risk. And if you don't choose to be vaccinated, then please continue to wear a mask and practice all of the mitigation strategies we have moved, uh, have said uh, up until now. Wait a second. She said the same thing as me? I don't understand. They've been beating this fear horse for the entire last year and a half, and they're just turning on a dime like that? Huh? It really must be to say, well, this is proof that the vaccines work and nothing else. I think there's a hidden agenda here. Let's continue. But this truly is an honor system, is it not? I mean, we heard President Biden say today there aren't going to be enforcement mechanisms. They're not going to go around arresting people uh, who haven't been vaccinated, who are not wearing a mask. I, more than calling it an honor system, I might say people are responsible for their own health. If you're vaccinated, um, if you are vaccinated, then you take that responsibility and you decide whether you want to wear a mask. It's a very personal decision or whether you don't. Um, we believe that it's safe to take your mask off and we felt that was important information for the public to have. If you're not vaccinated, that's again is taking your, um, your uh, responsibility for your own health um, into your own hands and we would say um, protect yourself. We would recommend vaccination, and if not, then I would recommend wearing a mask. So you mean now, after all these lockdowns, after all these businesses have shut down, after all these lives have been ruined, suicides, etc., children are all effed up now, you mean now, only now people are responsible for their own health? How callous is this woman? Ridiculous. What world does she live in? Just now, they're responsible for their own health. How about from the very beginning of this nonsense and you don't lock down everything and you don't ruin everyone's life and you don't damage children's development cycles forever? How about that? How about all the kids who are going to go to university? How about all the kids who are set to graduate and can't find a job because of all this nonsense? Despicable. Two other particular areas I want to ask you about. For, for people who have underlying health conditions, they've been fully vaccinated but they have those health conditions, whether it's diabetes or some uh, respiratory issue. Are these guidelines still for them? So I think there's an important question there. For the most part, our vaccination uh, studies and effectiveness studies have really demonstrated that for people with some of these underlying health conditions, that they really have, uh, the vaccines have worked quite well. Even in people who are in long-term care facilities, the, the vaccines are working actually quite well. Um, it is the case that science has started to emerge that if you are immune compromised, for example, if you have had an organ transplant or if you have cancer, if you're undergoing chemotherapy, that the vaccines in those populations might not as be, be as protective as in uh, people who are underlyingly healthy. And so what we would recommend is for those with immune compromising uh, conditions, as well as really any other um, conditions that, uh, that affect your health, that put you at high risk of disease, that you consult your doctor before you take off your mask. And another area I know where there are a lot of questions has to do with children, indoors, outdoors, children of all ages. We now know that down to age 12, the vaccines are now available. But what about for young children? People are asking about summer camp, all, all kinds of situations. What's the guidance now for them? Right. So it is very clear that in the context of the last 24 hours where we have a new vaccine now for 12 to 15 year olds and now this new guidance about being able to unmask if you're vaccinated, um, we do need to update our camp guidance. That is going to be among the first that we need to work towards updating. What I would say for the younger children, those who can't get vaccinated right now, is that we would still recommend we treat them as if they are unvaccinated and they, they should wear masks. And, and, and for them, outdoors, though, no mask. Is that what you're saying? Outdoors, 
Right. So the same strategies really apply if you're outdoors, if you're in small gatherings, if you're mixing with people in your household or um, another household outdoors. Um, same same uh, principles apply. Then you could take off your mask in outdoor settings. If you're do if you're wrestling, if you're gathered over a soccer ball, breathing heavily, lots of kids who you don't know, um, we would re still recommend masking in those settings. So there you go. If you're a kid, your life is still going to suck. Unless, of course, they release the vaccine for those under the age of 12. Hmm, my spidey senses are tingling. Could that be around the corner? I, as I understand, they've already submitted their request. I'm talking about Pfizer. And certainly the rest will follow. Anyway, let's wrap up this report. Take a drink. And finally, Dr. Walensky, again, criticism in the last few days, even weeks, that the CDC guidelines recently have been confusing. Is this in part an effort to make it clear to people where things stand? Because there have been so many questions from people from all directions saying they don't know what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm hopeful that this won't be confusing guidance. My motivation, our motivation as an agency for putting the science forward is because our cases are down, our um, vaccines are available, and the science is where it should be. We are, we are working towards making guidelines that every American can understand, can easily understand, but um, we are motivated by the science at this agency. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, Director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Imagine how well this woman would fare in a conversation that wasn't completely set up from start to finish. They threw her a tiny curveball at the end there, and she almost imploded. Again, this is one of the top scientists on the planet. Do we feel okay under her guidance? I sure don't. Hey, guys, it's me, Donnie. Head to drinkyfromhumanskulls.com to join my mailing list. I'll send you my newest episodes and my hottest selfies. See you there. Luckily, we're up here in Canada where we have some other problems. Uh, we'll get to those later. Let's just dig into this CDC stuff a little bit more, though, first. We've got one of my favorite doctors, Mr. Bowtie himself, Dr. Hotez. He's on CNBC talking about this latest CDC guidance. So let's clip him a little bit. He's got some interesting stuff to say. Take a drink. Uh, Trusting the science goes both ways. If you tell people wear a mask because the virus is still out there, we wear a mask. Now the CDC says you don't have to anymore, but some governors say you still do. Yeah, no, I understand the mixed messaging. Um, here's the reason why they did it. They've seen a pretty... The CDC did it because of a sharp decline in the number of cases. And now anyone who wants to get vaccinated can get vaccinated. We have an excess of, of vaccines. But the other piece to this, Scott, is there's a new piece of science. And this is coming out of Israel uh, earlier this month that's showing that vaccinated individuals, if they do get asymptomatic infection, it's about 90% protective against asymptomatic infection. If they do get asymptomatic infection, they're not shedding very much virus from their nose and mouth. So even though they have asymptomatic infection, we think they're not trans actually transmitting the virus. And that's really important news and should give parents some comfort, too, if they've been vaccinated, even if they're, they're going out and about because they're not wearing masks and they get infected, um, they're not shedding enough virus to transmit it to their kids. We don't have all those I's dotted and T's crossed yet, but that's likely uh, the piece that that's missing right now that needs to be communicated. And I think that'll give a lot of comfort to parents across the country. I'm so sick of this talk about asymptomatic transmission because it flies in the face of common sense, logic and the science. So here's the deal. When you have symptoms like sneezing, coughing, runny nose, etc. Those symptoms are produced by the virus because the virus knows through evolution and lots of time that these are the symptoms that can allow it to spread. Also, the symptoms being present is an indication that the virus has overwhelmed the host to the point where there's enough of the virus in those substances, the mucus, the saliva, etc. to spread. So if somebody has the virus inside and it's not producing symptoms, then you'd have to spit a copious amount into somebody else's mouth 
for them to get ill because there's just simply not enough virus to transmit anything. So this whole concept of asymptomatic transfer, and granted, I'm not a top expert, but when I listen to this guy speak and I listen to other people speak and no one mentions this fact that the symptoms themselves are the things that cause the transfers to happen, then I have to take what they're saying with very little credibility. And is this a concept that we didn't learn in high school biology class? Is this a concept that the public just wouldn't be able to understand? If you get sick and you have symptoms, then you must have enough of the virus to be able to transmit it. If you don't get sick, that means that your immune system is actively destroying the virus. It's not like there's the same amount of virus in your system. Your body has not allowed the virus to replicate. This is a key feature of our immune systems. And so someone who's sick, their system has become overwhelmed by the virus. That's why they get sick. Therefore, the virus has replicated and it is more transmissible. This asymptomatic transfer nonsense is exactly that. Complete nonsense. The only thing I can grant is that it is minimally possible. And that's it. Do you think relaxing some of the mask mandates will actually cause more people to get vaccinated? Or will those who don't want to just try and circumvent the, the system? Yeah, the CDC's intent, my understanding, was not to do that. This was, you know, some people are saying this was sort of a sly way to get the America to push the American people to getting vaccinated. I don't, I don't think that was their intent. Uh, I, I think they are showing that the power of these vaccines and how effective they really are. But the real reason, you know, that that we're seeing this big chunk of the country not getting vaccinated, unfortunately, is ideological. Um, that they're tying their political allegiance. Uh, to um, to the political right, unfortunately, and we're seeing this play out in the bottom 10 states in terms of vaccination coverage, which are half uh, what the top 10 states are. They're all the bottom are all deep red states in the south and in the, in the mountain west. And so that's what we have to work on to get people vaccinated. Uh, they, this is not going to be trickery. This is going to have to be some hardcore convincing. First of all, what a bizarre concept that the CDC would release this guidance in some sort of reverse psychology way. Is that the carrot they're trying to dangle? Get vaccinated. You won't have to wear a mask anymore. I don't understand. People who don't want to wear a mask have thought this thing was bullshit for a long time. And they're not going to just take that offer. They don't want to wear a mask anyways. They don't care about getting vaccinated. This is all nonsense. They're going to say, yeah, I've been vaccinated. See you later. And they're going to take their mask off. And that's it. End of story. These two people are coming from a different planet, clearly. And by the way, this guy's talking about how they need to get people in these red states vaccinated. Look, you're supposed to be a numbers guy, Dr. Hotez. And you can look at the numbers in states like Texas and Florida. They've been dropping dramatically faster than any other state. And they've been open for a long time now, several months. So you tell me. People aren't wearing masks there and they haven't been doing so for a long time. And I think it's clear to me at this point that there is a serious disconnect between the powers that be, the people who are writing the press releases and pushing this down media channels are not living in the same world that many others are. They're saying one thing, but reality indicates another. And so these are the ones that we're supposed to trust? Well, this is clearly a planned and practiced segment. And it says it right here on his Wikipedia profile. He was a 23rd commissioner of the FDA from 2017 until 2019. Resident fellow at the conservative think tank, the American Enterprise Institute. A partner with the venture capital firm New Enterprise Associates a member of the board of directors of the drug maker Pfizer, a member of the director of Illumina Inc., and a contributor to the cable financial news network, CNBC, and a frequent guest on CBS's Face the Nation. Now, if you don't think that there is a series of conflicting interests in this guy's portfolio, then you are not paying attention. I mean, it's almost perfect. This guy has Illumina, which is a well-known testing manufacturer. They want to hype up the cases and then the vaccine interests at Pfizer. Obviously, they want to sell as many of those as possible. By the way, it's pretty easy to get things approved when you used to run the FDA, isn't it? 
But this guy is slick, and we've got him on CNBC, fear-mongers-in-chief, talking about all the stuff that the CDC just released in their new guidance. Let's take a drink of these classic idiots. The CDC's updated mask guidance prompting some companies to review their own policies, including Walmart, Costco, and Trader Joe's, as well as Starbucks, which says they will no longer require masks in stores for fully vaccinated customers. Joining us right now is Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He's the former FDA commissioner, of course, a CNBC contributor. He serves on the boards of Pfizer and Illumina. His latest op-ed in The Wall Street Journal this morning saying that the updated guidelines may actually encourage more Americans to get vaccinated. Uh, Doctor, good morning to you. So much, so many questions over the weekend about this decision uh, and really how businesses are responding. But I just want to take on your your op-ed, because when people talk about the quote-unquote science, I think there's two different kinds of sciences here. There's the science of, of, of getting infected, and then there's the behavioral science of what these kinds of rules and decisions do to getting people to actually uh, take the vaccine. How much do you think that the decision was uh, propelled by science versus behavioral science? Look, I think the, the decision was propelled entirely by the CDC's reading of the science and what they found and what they said is that people who've been vaccinated are far less likely to contract the virus and far less likely to transmit the virus. Remember, this has been an open question, even though we've all assumed that the vaccines dramatically reduce your risk of transmitting the virus or becoming asymptomatically infected. Now, CDC has data demonstrating that. And based on that data, they came to a conclusion that there really isn't a lot of value in a, va a fully vaccinated person wearing a mask in any circumstance, unless they want to, right. or they're at high risk because of a pre-existing condition. And that's what that's the decision they made. Now, what people um, are having misgivings about are the policy accommodations being made as a result of that scientific judgment, which is that many states and businesses are now lifting mask mandates. The bottom line is, I don't think these mask mandates could have survived another week or two. Prevalence is collapsing. The positivity rate's 1.9 percent. So the worst thing you could say is maybe we could have eked out another week or two of these mask ordinances before we really had to lift them in a wholesale fashion because people would have just disobeyed them. Um, so I don't I don't know that that's really um, a fair criticism of the CDC at this point. So but here is the question. Um, are people who are unvaccinated going to walk into stores and not wear masks? And at the same time, I'd ask you for children. I took my my kids. We went shopping this weekend. Uh, they're wearing masks, uh, but by the way, they're not wearing N95 masks. And so if there's somebody in, in that shop uh, who should be wearing a mask who isn't, they're not protected. H how do you actually change? How should everybody change their behavior or not as a function of this? What is this, good cop, bad cop? The broadcaster is going to make themselves seem like a complete dum-dum so that Scott Gottlieb can say, hey, no, trust the science and etc. Let's listen to what he has to say here. By the way, my take on this is, you're a dum-dum. Case closed. Take a drink of Scotty Gottlieb. Look, I think we're getting to a phase right now, and this was inevitable, where we're going to need to judge our individual risks. Some people are going to choose to go unvaccinated. I think that's imprudent. Um, some people are going to be vaccinated but still believe that they're at some risk, perhaps because they have a pre-existing medical condition. And they might choose to wear a mask in certain higher-risk settings like public transport or a crowded store. I think that should be encouraged. I think it should be supported. People are going to have to make individual choices about their risk. People who are going to go maskless now are going to go, we're going to go maskless anyway um, post when these mandates lifted and, and still choose not to get vaccinated. I think there will be people on the margin, though, that now having seen that, you know, we're lifting these mask mandates for people who are vaccinated are going to be encouraged to now go out and get a vaccine. I don't think it's going to be 10 percent, but I think we might pick up another two to five percent of people. I think also the message that vaccines reduce transmission, they substantially reduce your likelihood of transmitting the virus. I think that's going to incentivize certain people to go out and get a vaccine because a lot of people don't believe they're at personal risk from coronavirus and perhaps they're not. They're young, they're healthy. But they do want to protect those around them. And so I think that's a strong message. I do think CDC should have hit that message more powerfully. If that was the basis for their decision, which is what they said it was the case, they should have been out front a little bit more right. with that. Because I do think that there are people who will be incentivized to get vaccinated for that purpose. Just when I thought he was making a lot of sense, he inserts that message of, well, remember, 
You got to get vaccinated if you want to protect others, do your bit for the community and save grandma and grandpa's life, which is total and utter nonsense. If you're sick, don't go out. Don't hang around your grandparents. That's it. Case closed. They've been vaccinated. So based on all of your theoretical information, they will be protected. So that's complete and utter nonsense. I'm so sick of this line. They are using it to manipulate people into getting this experimental and unapproved vaccine. Remember that it's experimental and unapproved. Let's continue, shall we? So, Scott, do you support Walmart's decision, Starbucks's decision effectively to to remove the mask mandate and effectively to say it's an honor system? And, And again, I'd ask you for your own family children and the like who have not been vaccinated, are you going to have them going in these stores now? Look, I think I come back to what I said. I think we need to judge our own individual circumstances. You know, I would if I was in a uh, congregate setting with a lot of mixed um, people who I didn't know whether they were or were not vaccinated, I probably would keep a mask on my kids. I was in a grocery store um, just yesterday, everyone was masked inside the grocery store, including me and including my children. But I would probably would keep a mask on my kids a little bit longer, another week or two. I think prevalence is really collapsing around the country. And we're going to be at a point where there's very little infection and the individual risk to a person is low if, if you're dealing with an otherwise immunocompetent person. But, you know, the bottom line is that the risk is really collapsing all over the country. We weren't going to be able to keep these mask ordinances in place much longer. We've been at this 16 months. So I think the worst you can say is maybe CDC was a week or two early with this. But I don't think that we're going to pay a price for that. So there we have another expert giving you the advice that you should just judge the situation by yourself and assess your own risk. I don't know why we couldn't have that line of thinking at the outset of this thing. If you remember early 2020 and all the way through to just this last couple weeks, they were saying doom and gloom. If you don't wear a mask, you hate people and want them to die. And basically, you have to do this. It was authoritarian all the way. The United States and Canada have become fascist regimes saying that if you don't follow the rules... You want to kill grandma and you are subject to criminal persecution. We're talking about governmental edicts that have been issued, not laws, just authoritarian rules from on high. I'm surprised they didn't read them from scrolls. You said your kids would still be wearing masks inside. Are you still wearing masks if you go to a store or something? Well, I was wearing a mask yesterday, even though I'm fully vaccinated because I was with my children. So I wanted to show solidarity with my kids. You know, um, I don't feel that's at risk. That's the thing. The like, fact how do you take vaccinated. it off when you're making your kids wear it? That's, that's well, tricky. The, you don't. I mean, it, the what, same thing. what's like, the downside of keeping it on? Right. But you don't take it off. What's the downside no, I, of keeping it on? I, I, I mean, agree. you're not getting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're at a point right now, culturally, where people accept masks. You're not going to be objectified. There was a great study done years ago that showed that if you wore a mask in an airport, people stayed further from you. So the distance that people would creep between you and themselves was further when you had a mask on. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think now people, if someone's wearing a mask, are not going to think you're necessarily odd or sick. No. And that's the thing. I feel so bad. You know, I have two kids who are young enough that they don't qualify for the vaccines. They're not old for old enough for that at this point. And we're going to make them just the two of them wear a mask while the rest of us run around without one. I mean, that's the hardest thing to ask them to sacrifice when we're not. And it's been hard enough to ask them to give up so many things to this point. I mean, that's the quandary that this kind of puts us in. But you know what? By June, nobody was going to be wearing masks. By June, I think the prevalence is going yeah, to be sufficiently I, I, low in this country. We're just not going to be concerned too. about it. I mean, this female broadcaster needs to get a new job. She keeps talking over this guy. Like, it's just, it's insane. Like, the entire last two minutes, she was just talking over him every single sentence he said. If I were the Scott Gottlieb guy, I would have been like, listen, lady, take a time out. Let me say my piece. All right. Did you not see the memo? Did you not get the press release? please. But I have to say, it is good that they're trying to wind this thing down because, I I mean, I'm surprised, actually, to be frank. I don't know why they haven't just kept pushing this until they get the two-year-olds vaccinated. I mean, I think it's because there's something else going on here, and we'll figure that out. It seems that 
you know, in my next episode, we're going to cover the origins of this virus. They're really turning on a dime when it comes to that. They're talking about this lab leak hypothesis in greater and greater extremes. This was something that if you talked about it last year on social media, you would have been banned, removed, deplatformed, demonetized. And now it's all over the news. Several key players coming up. The new HHS lead is calling for a revised WHO investigation that is not uh, overly biased towards China, which is a, a crazy thing to say in your first day on the job. And there's all sorts of different little bits of information that are rising to the top here and in the, in the mainstream news as well. So that's something I look forward to covering in the next episode. But it's interesting, nonetheless, that they're really dialing this thing back. They're on there saying, no one's going to be wearing masks by June. I wish it were the same in Canada. They have not got the memo at all. And by the way, in Canada, we have almost no deaths from this thing. It is pure hysteria. People are not thinking with their brains. They are complete lemmings. They're doing what they're told. And they're wearing double masks outside as they walk down a street that's not crowded we're talking about an open sidewalk alone on the sidewalk we're talking about people alone in their cars wearing masks it's insanity hey guys it's me Donnie, the host of drinking from human skulls the world is coming to an end you don't have a job and you're bleeding your parents dry pretty soon everyone you know and love is gonna die in nuclear war that's why this is the perfect time to donate to Drinking From Human Skulls, a professional podcast. Just visit drinkingfromhumanskulls.com and click the donate button to get started. And if you can't afford to donate, click on anything that looks like an ad. Doing so will help me and your corporate overlords. Why let your money disintegrate in a mushroom cloud when you could support the Drinking From Human Skulls podcast? Now, let's get back to the show. And the insanity is, of course, driven by our very own Dr. Fauci. Her name is Dr. Teresa Tam, and she's honestly about as dumb as they come. Let's listen to her. She's got a fake uh, British accent. I think she's from Hong Kong. And people listen to her for some reason. I don't know. But take a drink of this clip of her talking utter nonsense about when they will release the restrictions in Canada. Doesn't matter what the CDC says. Doesn't matter what they do. Apparently, they run their own ship over here in Canada based on their own science. Take a drink. As our modeling shows, by maintaining control measures until at least 75% of eligible adults have received a first dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, and at least 20% of them have had their second dose, we would drive infection rates low enough and raise vaccine protection high enough to allow for lifting of restrictions without overwhelming health system. So there you go. They're not reducing restrictions in Canada until 75% of adults have got their first dose of this vaccine, this crunk vaccine. By the way, take a look at this video on drinkingfromhumanskulls.com. Go to the YouTube page and just have a little notice at all the thumbs down and read the comments. Who are the people who agree with this line of rationale? In Canada, they estimate that we'll have 75% of people with their first dose administered by fall of 2021. So they want to keep us locked down for the entire summer. People have had enough. And us polite Canadians are at our wits end. And a lot of them are pushing back. You know what? I'm not the kind of person who likes to protest. I might have to join a rally or two just to get these things cleared up because it's nonsense. These experts, I don't know where they're coming from, what they're basing this on. They're modeling? Show us the modeling and make it easy to understand because in Canada, we have 25K deaths in the entire country over the last year and a half. That is so minimal, it's in fact far less than a bad flu season. So you tell me. Do we really need to shut down the entire country for two years total? I don't get it. But one dose of a two-dose vaccine series is not enough to maximize protection. We need to aim for at least 75% of everyone who is eligible for vaccination getting fully vaccinated. And we can't go halfway. 
So it is very important to get that second dose. And of course, as we talked about in our Canadian special last week, there's all this shade that has been thrown on the AstraZeneca vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, anything that isn't an mRNA vaccine. And so people are reluctant to get that second dose of that AZ vaccine. And why wouldn't they be? They should be reluctant to get a dose of any of these vaccines because none of them are approved and they're all experimental. In America, 4,000 plus people have been documented as dying as a direct result of this vaccine. In Europe, 8,000 plus have been documented as dying as a direct result of this vaccine. And who knows how many in Canada? They're not really publishing those numbers, but it's got to be some. So I don't know what world we live in where people can literally drop dead from something that's supposed to protect them, but that's what we're doing right now. And why a young person especially would want to take this vaccine to protect against the case of the sniffles and potentially die? Well, I just don't understand who in their right mind would do that. Probably people who have been listening to all these news outlets who are pumping this message. Maybe they're thinking that they're doing a good thing with these broadcasts, but certainly time will show that they have been complicit in one of the greatest delusions of human history we'll see let's continue the good news is that our first targets is within sight four weeks ago less than 25 percent of adults had received at least one dose of covid19 vaccine and now we're at just over 50 percent this month with significant increases in vaccine supply ramping up of vaccination programs and canadians coming forward as well as encouraging others we're making great strides and can look forward to enjoying an outdoor summer that gets us back into many of the activities we've been missing. In very general terms, this means we'll be able to get back to small outdoor gatherings with family and friends, camping, outdoor sports, small reunions at picnics, parks and patios will be bring, begin to bring us together in person again. Oh, thank you, Teresa Tam. So you mean if we've been fully vaccinated, we can go into the middle of the forest without fear? You ridiculous twit. We will still have to follow local public health advice and keep up with individual measures like physical distancing and wearing a mask as recommended. Heading into the fall, as more and more Canadians get fully vaccinated, giving us broader protection across our communities, we'll be able to look forward to moving indoors together. This would mean getting back to indoor work, in-person learning at colleges and universities, and recreational activities, as well as finally being able to get back to the in-person, multi-household celebrations and holidays we've been longing for. To get to this better summer and fall, we need to keep doing everything we can to protect ourselves and our communities, ease the pressure on the health system, and help bring an end to this pandemic. This includes rolling up your sleeve, get vaccinated as soon as you are able. First of all, I have to ask, what pressure on our health systems? What pressure is there? So few deaths. I talked about this in a previous podcast. They made a broadcast on the news saying that this particular hospital nearby where I live was completely overrun. I went to that hospital for my own health needs and I walked around wasn't busy. The doctor actually saw me in less than 10 minutes. And if you've ever been to a hospital in Canada, the average wait time is an hour plus. There's just no question about you're going to wait for an hour. They can put you in one room, then they'll put you in another room, then they'll put you in the final room where the doctor's going to come see you. You have to wait an hour plus if you have a broken leg, bone sticking out. But I went to this hospital, which was apparently ground zero in my area, according to the broadcast, and it was completely quiet, was not overrun. So don't believe any of this nonsense. I think that this lady just speaks and says what she's told to say from up on high. What up on high is, I don't know. Could it be that they've all deluded themselves into thinking that the, the situation is worse than it is? If you talk about the situation in terms that doesn't make it sound like it's an absolute catastrophe, then you're doing a disservice to public health. Is that what it is? There's this delusion that if you don't speak about things in the most dire circumstances, 
then you would be contributing to the problem? Is that what this is? I can think of no other reason because if you look at the stats, you look at the death numbers, it's it's way down and they're, I mean, I don't know. We're talking about 1,200 deaths per year? Average over the last two years? That's less than car accidents. I mean, it's a fraction of heart disease, a fraction of cancer. So you mean to say that the Yanks are going to tone this thing down and in Canada we're still going to be clinging on to hope that we can keep everything locked down forever? What is the deal? And if you want to window into the mind of the average Canadian, you won't find it in this next broadcast because they're really just drumming things up. Take a listen to this crazy report with so much fear but a chipper demeanor. It's just very odd. Anyway, take a drink of this global news segment about the vaccination that they're pumping up in the GTA area. Take a drink. Whether it was the Toronto Zoo, the Aga Khan Museum, or an all-night vaccine party in Mississauga, Ontario, COVID-19 doses were on tap right across the GTA Saturday. Oh, I'm excited. The push to get shots in arms ramping up as a steady supply becomes part of Canada's reality. I think it's possible that we can do, you know, maybe one and a half or even 2% of the population a day. You know, that would be roughly 150 to 200,000 people. Experts say the catchphrase from the federal government of a one-dose summer and a two-dose fall, where 75% of Canadians are fully vaccinated, is possible. There's absolutely no reason why we can't have everyone who's eligible in Canada have their first shot by the beginning of the summer. Still, Ontario's Premier is pushing for more. I just don't believe a a one-dose summer is just not good enough. Uh, You know, we, we... If we get the supply, I'll put it this way, we get the supply, we will work our backs off to have a two-dose summer instead of a one-dose summer. But other infectious diseases physicians say the premise of achieving a certain level of vaccination shouldn't be the only metric considered when it comes to reopening portions of the economy and some activities. It's actually looking at a number of things together, but with hospitalizations as the central piece. The thought being that if the overall trajectory of COVID-19 transmission is decreasing, with pressure slowly easing on the hospital system, combined with increased vaccination rates, a cautious opening could happen soon. Even if there is a rise in cases when you open up, because the majority of people, or at least you know a significant proportion of people, are immune to the virus, you're not going to see it spreading like a rapid fire. And even if you do have a lot of cases, because a minority of people are going to be hospitalized, it's also something you can deal with. Catherine Ward, Global News, Toronto. So there it is once again, wrapping up with a little optimism. It's something you can deal with, of course, if everyone's been vaccinated. And of course, that's the secret sauce. At the beginning of this segment, they talked about they're doing all-night vaccine parties. Wow. I mean, you've got to check your social life if that's what you're getting into. And if that last segment sounded pretty bad, well, the health officials in the province where I live, British Columbia, they've come out and said that if you're age 12 or above, you don't even need parental consent to get the vaccine. Round up your friends and come on down. Heck, the arcades are closed. Why not get vaccinated instead? This is the level of sickness that the health quote-unquote experts have stooped to to say that a 12-year-old should be able to decide for themselves whether or not to get vaccinated. I mean, they've been drumming up this fear campaign on these children saying, hey, listen, you want to kill grandma? Hey, listen, you want to do your part for society? All these lefty teachers talking nonsense. On the Zoom chats, you got to get vaccinated to do your part for society. When I was 12, I was an utter idiot. We're talking about people in grade 7. That's before high school even. This is a complete child. And we're saying, in British Columbia, Dr. Bonnie Henry, top expert in the whole planet and in the province at least, is saying that 12-year-olds can get the vaccine without consent, no questions asked. That's sick. And by the way, I've linked the article on drinkingforhumanskulls.com. Do click it, do take a look, and scroll down to the comments section and find literally nobody in support of this. 
everybody's roasting them. Everybody's coming down on this thing. It's just unreal. What planet do they live on? Why would they need to do that, by the way? If this whole thing was on the up and up, why would they need to do that? Why would it be a situation where the parents say no, but the kids really want to say yes? Like, way to go. Way to drive a wedge further between kids and their parents. Way to ruin families even more. This is a new level. A new low. I don't know if this is across Canada. I don't know where else they're pulling this nonsense. But this is absolutely atrocious and needs to be called out. These people are criminals. This is a criminal edict. It is a health edict, quote-unquote, to solve a problem that doesn't exist. And of course, all of this is predicated on the belief that these vaccines actually work. And I'm sorry, I'm just not convinced at all. We've got a report from Seychelles, one of the most vaccinated populations, and they've now shut down, locked down again, because the virus is on the come up. So does it work? I don't know. Let's take a listen to this report. Six weeks after reopening borders, Seychelles have reintroduced measures that will cut movements of the locals and the tourists. Despite having vaccinated more of its population than any other country, COVID-19 cases are rising again. The Indian Ocean archipelago is closing schools and canceling sports activities for two weeks. It's also closing bars early and banning household mixing. Officials haven't given much detail about what's behind the surge, but suggest it may be due to Easter celebrations and vaccinated people lowering their guards, thus carrying the virus to non-vaccinated citizens. Here in Mauritius, the population is about 13 times bigger than our Seychelles neighbors. We are now in the second phase of easing the restrictions to control a recent surge in COVID-19 cases within the community. In Mauritius, I'm Kamesh Bakori, Bloomberg News. So the country with the highest proportion of vaccinated persons in it, a country that relies fully on tourism for all of its GDP earnings, has now shut down again, despite, again, being the most vaccinated population per capita in the world. So does the vaccine work? Well, there's another study that came out in the Lancet Medical Journal, a very highly renowned medical journal. Of course, they have had a couple of hiccups in the last year. Most famously, they had that fake study produced by this company called Surgisphere, which has fallen off the face of the earth. That's worth revisiting, but I'll come back to that later. Anyway, they had a hit piece against hydroxychloroquine, which proved to be totally false, and the results of which caused massive upset in worldwide studies that were being done on that drug and many others. And to this day, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are huge question marks why they've been blocked and not used in the treatment of COVID-19. I've got a lot of clips and a lot of doctors who have questions about that. I'll be releasing that information in a future episode. But for now, let's look at this new study in the Lancet Medical Journal talking about a concept of relative risk reduction from these coronavirus vaccines. And by the way, if you take one of these vaccines, you're only reducing your risk by 1.3% at maximum based on this study. So the Lancet, probably one of the most famous medical journals in the world, I don't know what the consensus is on this article. I can assure you it's not being widely shared or publicized. Nobody's covering it. But what it means is this vaccine doesn't work or it works only 1.3% to reduce your relative risk. So is that worth it given the fact that we have documented several thousand deaths from these vaccines? I would say not. And by the way, if you're under the age of 50, you will be reducing your risk a reminder of getting the sniffles. So let it be clear, there are many experts and there should always be discussion. And me, I'm an insane person. I'm always digging. And I found this article in Time Magazine released January 2020 
that said that the 2019-2020 flu season was on course to be the worst season on record in the last several years. If we check the CDC's numbers, by the end of 2020, they only added 600 deaths. Does it make any sense? They predicted it to be the worst season ever, and yet, in 2020, as a whole, only 600 people were recorded to have died from the flu. Either they don't know what they're talking about, or their predictions are so wildly inaccurate that they don't even matter. So these are the experts who we've been listening to. These are the experts who are running the show. And I think it's clear at this point that they're politicians. They're politicians. They are not scientists. They lead with politics. And they just have a piece of paper from an accredited university that says they're quote-unquote justified to be scientists. Here's what I don't understand, is how these epidemiologists, these virologists, these pathologists, all these people making these doom and gloom predictions that are wrong and wildly false, how is it that they're allowed to be wrong time and time again and yet still be heralded as the experts? In my line of work, if I fail to produce results, I'm on my ass. I've actually never failed to produce results. I've always gotten great results in my work because I work hard and I try to do my best to be an expert. But these people consistently get it wrong and yet they are still running the show. Does it make any sense? I don't think so. But at any rate, it looks like things are opening up. It looks like we might be on a better track here. It looks like I might be able to cover something different than COVID coming up pretty soon. But right now, I'm really focused on getting these episodes done as soon as possible, making sure that I can keep track and timestamp all of this nonsense really as a historical document to say this is a time that we went through one of the craziest incidents in our whole history of human beings and people lost the plot. The experts were not reliable, and everyone, the common folk, as you could say, were totally lost and confused, wondering how could it get to this point? Is this real? Is this being manufactured? Where did this virus come from? Why is it such a big deal if it doesn't kill most people? And etc. So, I'll leave it there, folks. As I said, coming up very soon a full and complete discussion and a deep dive into the origins of this virus. There are many people who have many different thoughts on what the case may be. Even myself, I have different thoughts. I'm not convinced that it came from a lab or that it came from a wet market. I think both of these theories are equally plausible, but I will present the experts and I find it very interesting if you pay attention to the news this was something that was suppressed in terms of discussion. Like I said, you will be banned from social media, deplatformed, and demonetized if you talked about it. And now every outlet is raising this question. Was this virus a result of a lab leak in Wuhan? Supposedly, the WHO has already done an investigation into this to say that that's not the case. And if you've been following this, you'll know that the WHO worked with the Chinese government to produce this, this, um, this report. So <laughs> there's a lot to dig into. So please do stay tuned for next episode, which we'll get into that. I thank you very much for listening. I wish you good luck and Godspeed. And I bid you adieu with a song. Take it easy.